business, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. They've got 400 metres to go. Marway joined by Ayushi, the outsider. Ayushi poked his nose in front of Marway. Coming off their backs as Brad and Bold Style. Fenner, they're starting to run on. Ayushi, the leader, a length and a half in front. Trying hard as Brad, then Bold Style. But the three-year-old bounded away. It's all Ayushi. Straight to the wire he goes with the lightning. The margin, four lengths. Ayushi beat Bold Style. Cabello, Excaro, close late for third. And Brad was fourth. Fenner, LA walking, Mason's chance, Alicia's lane, Marway, knocked yes, up in the was, straight uh, second last toy boy. The that was Ayushu taking out the Mackay Lightning last Friday at the TAB program there on a good uh, good period of time for the Graham Green stable, Master Jamie winning the uh, Tats Gold Cup at Rockhampton and now Ayushu written by Malaya Castle taking out the Lightning last Friday. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio TAB, rounding up all of the country news. And the thing is, this morning, there isn't that much country news to talk about because we went into the weekend knowing that we were going to lose the uh, doubleheader at Oak Park on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we started to get the word come through that Stanford was going to be off. That was followed by the news that Wandai was off, then the news that Morvan was off, the news that Clermont was off. We lost Kilcoy uh, tab program on Sunday. We even lost the Bar Calden tab meeting yesterday. Rob Luck joins us on Bushbeat this morning. And Rob, I don't think I've seen that before, where we've lost basically everything across the board. <laughs> oh, very much so, Tony. And uh, we welcome the rain, however, as uh, drought-stricken uh, areas just enjoy that fact. But, yeah, it, it uh, certainly is a case of uh, no country race meetings and... Um, it's uh, just one of those things that happen with uh, with racing, but as I say, the the wet weather are very welcome. And just listening to that uh, win of Ayushu coming out of Mackay, Tony, it's uh, great to see that better than ready three-year-old. What a stallion! Uh, better than ready is for Queensland breeding, and this horse is now at eight from eighteen and three wins and two placings at five at the track. But Tony, it it sort of uh, helps kick off that uh, provincial circuit, doesn't it, with all the carnivals coming up. Of course, uh, the Rockhampton Newmarket Rocky Cup coming up on the weekend that flows into Mackay, that flows into Townsville, that flows into um, into Cairns in the far north. And uh, it, uh, Racing Queensland must be very pleased to see the uh, the progress of these uh, carnivals coming up as as they would be with the, uh, the carnivals that we're experiencing in country Queensland as well. With no uh, racing on the weekend to uh, to reflect on and talk about the uh, the doubles, trebles and all of the feature race wins, we thought a very good opportunity. We've been planning this for a while. We've just been waiting for the right opportunity mm. to be able to find a little bit of clear air, so to speak, to be able to uh, have a chat with Racing Queensland CEO Brendan Parnell and talk about all things affecting country racing. And I'm very pleased to welcome the CEO to the program this morning. Brendan, welcome along to Bushbeat. Morning, Tony, Rob, and all the listeners. It's good to see it took a broad washout to finally get a slot on the ever-popular bush beat. <laughs> We'd have found space for you somewhere. No, all things are serious. <laughs> we were planning to have you on in the, in the weeks uh, following the Battle of the Bush. Uh, our focus, of course, was heavily on promoting that. And, and I think we were summing it up last week. It's really gone to the next level. RQ must be so pleased with uh, the results this year and the interest and, and the level of, uh, of activity surrounding the Battle of the Bush 2022. Yeah, it was a great final, a great race. But I tell you what, it was some series to pull together with all of the washouts and deferments. And um, our, our regional tab manager, Cole Truscott, said it was more difficult to reschedule Battle of the Bush qualifiers than it was 
rescheduling during the COVID lockdown. So that's a, a sign of how many challenges he had. But what a great final. A Moody Bay trained out of Mackay by Olivia Cairns, owned by the wonderful Bowen family, um, Mel and Brad Bates. Um, a dominant win, but what a great series it's turned out to be. And, of course, he's hoping to have success um, in the new market in Rockhampton. But, yeah, it's been a very challenging series, but delighted with the outcome, delighted with the final. And also fashions from afar, the 16 regional finalists in both the men's and women's, all showing up to strut their stuff on Tats Tiara Day at Eagle Farm. Yeah, good morning to you, Brendan, and great to have you back on uh, Bushbeat. Um, and that, that Battle of the Bush, Brendan, what, what are the type of performance indicators that Racing Queensland's looking at? Obviously, you see it as being part and parcel of Tats Tiara Day with the raise in prize money to 200000 but what other performance indicators has it met for Racing Queensland that... Uh, probably ensure its future down the track oh there's a range of them rob obviously wagering is just one and the revenue that the, that the series final earns and it's really earned its place on tiara day um certainly you can measure the media engagement the free media and the earned media that's achieved through all of the the build-up stories on the horses and the fashionistas um, and you can measure the incredible footprint that the series has by that but then there's the local impact, and it's a difficult one perhaps for us to measure, but the local impact at a club level when you see the build-up and the participation uh, and the extra money that goes into those race meetings. So I think they're, they're among the performance measures. And I think, the, obviously, the, the theme that is um, the very strong theme that underpins it is regional rivalry and these different regions all competing for the big prize. And $200,000 is a really big prize for this race. We saw that a little bit this year, didn't we, Rob, with uh, the way the... Well, I know you guys in the Central West are always very competitive with the North West and the South West <laughs> and things like that, but we saw that a bit more even up and down the coast uh, and almost like interlopers coming into our area trying to take our final. We've got to repel them because we've got to get into the final ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, there's that, they're called bragging rights, I think, Tony. And, and and you hear trainers, when we had the trainers doing the profile, you hear guys like Johnny Manzeman would use words that uh, had a, a great sense of pride to have been able to be in all um, finals of the Battle of the Bush and also in the country stampedes and country cups in his case, which leads me to that point, Brendan. Um, what's in the pipeline for the country stampedes and country cup at the end of the year is it set in cement for december again and is there likely to be uh, an increase in any prize money there for those two events without giving everything away um, jensen for the listeners <laughs> yes there will be some enhancements to both of the races um, this year both with finals in brisbane um, so stay tuned on prize money announcements for the summer edition uh, for the country cups showdown um, between all of those regional country cups, also for the Stampede. And we're finalising that with the fantastic country racing advisory panel that do a great job in keeping us on our toes and, and working towards a better outcome in regional racing. But, yeah, there will be an uplift for the big race in December. That's fantastic news. We didn't want to, like, steal the thunder. We know there's going to be an announcement to, to come on that. But I guess the, the first big news was, yes, it's still on the, the calendar, so to speak. It, it was uh, so warmly received last year and uh, it just continues to build strength to strength of the, the focus RQ has on country racing. It does. And I think it's, it's the great thing about those two races is, one, it, it showcases the best of the best. And so many people in regional and outback Queensland want to find a horse that will win their local cup. Well, now it's not just win their local cup. You can win the Country Cups Challenge, be the best cup horse um, in regional and outback Queensland. Um, so that bit's exciting. The Stampede adding another dimension with the best sprinters from around the state. And I think, Rob, you called it bragging rights. And that's a real example of 
um, th- those clubs and the owners and trainers in Bush Queensland uh, looking to have bragging rights. Yeah, very much so. And, Brendan, the, the spin-off benefit for the uh, Battle of the Bush is, and we've mentioned this before on Bush Beat, with the qualifying clauses with uh, all of the uh, championships there, it allows trainers to get those uh, few non-TAB races in for the country stampede, and then it makes it easier building into the Battle of the Bush. So it's working um, very nicely. Now, I, I really want to use this morning as much as possible for information for our country listeners, and I, I can only imagine with all the recent news with the point of consumption tax that this will be part and parcel of uh, improvements across the board with uh, prize money and and feature events but could you just explain to our listeners the basis of the point of consumption tax the changes that have come about and the great news in relation to the percentage coming back to racing yeah i will rob i'll I'll unpack each of those questions separately Um, as many of your listeners will know we have a country racing program that the government funds each year. It was due for renewal next year. We also had other funding uh, from the Palaszczuk government for racing, which was due for renewal this year. So we've been working closely with Minister Grace and the Treasury around getting that funding secured so racing's future um, and planning for a sustainable outlook could be achieved. And that will see each of those three different funding arrangements rolled into one funding agreement securing racing's long-term future. And it's from a share of what's called the point of consumption or betting tax. Uh, And that betting tax will include a racing levy once the new legislation comes in, uh, an extra 5%. Racing will secure 80% of that betting tax, and that will be used to ensure our investments in the country racing program, grassroots racing, and innovation and infrastructure can be continued and planned for longer term. Um, So with great support from the government, we have certainty now. Uh, and it's planned to take effect from December. What's also been achieved as part of this is the ability for clubs to be able to sell sponsorship and signage to any bookmaker. So in the future world, a bet with any wagering operator will mean the same to the racing industry in Queensland. Um, We'll be unhitching ourselves from the tab wagon as part of those arrangements. Um, The wagering market has changed so dramatically in the last six or seven years one in every $5 bet used to be with the tab on Queensland Racing. Now it's one in $20 approximately. So we're moving to a new future landscape. Um, a vibrant betting market is important and the government support of racing and the number of jobs we create. So 43,000 people participate in racing, almost half of those in regional. This helps support sustainability and a long-term outlook. So I think it's with, uh, we can now look and invest with longer-term plans. What does that mean? Uh, We'll sit down with industry participants and and look to things such as prize money, infrastructure, our club support, obviously animal care and welfare uh, will be a key focus and the ongoing growth in the country and outback areas uh, and the great work that's been done in recent years. I know that off-the-track uh, program has been very, very close to, to racing Queensland's plans moving forward and, and horse welfare both uh, through their racing career and post-racing career and for greyhounds as well. Uh, wonderful that that's going to take a, a fair chunk of that and, and be such a focus. Yeah, it's fantastic to see the work. Um, having the infrastructure programs, the grants, the subsidised lessons, the accredited retrainers... All those major initiatives are now active and horses are having better rehoming outcomes and being transferred across. The other great part of the news of the point of consumption betting tax funding for racing. So it's effectively largely a tax on racing uh, or bets on racing and it's being returned to funded. It means our investments in infrastructure in regional Queensland can continue. To date, the first 
Four rounds of that have delivered over $9 million of infrastructure in regional Queensland. Uh, round five will be going out shortly, so that's uh, over $2.5 million um, every year going into regional infrastructure, and they create jobs. That could be everything from uh, new judges' towers, new jockey rooms, uh, new running rail, uh, new tie-up stalls, uh, and that program of work will now continue. Brendan, will it go as far as helping with, say, master planning for clubs to improve uh, facilities as well? Yeah, a number of, of clubs, and I know yours, uh, Rob, has uh, provided uh, a view of Longreach, a, a master plan of that precinct. A number of our clubs have got everything from very large commercial master plans, so the Brisbane Racing Club, of course, being the largest, uh, right down to smaller clubs, and we're helping some regional clubs with um, support to help them master plan and realise, obviously, better facilities and better engagement with their local communities where they are. I guess you've only got to look at something like the uh, Towers Jockey Club at Charters Towers, uh, building that new function centre they have there, not just an asset for the club, but an asset for the town and the region because they didn't have anything like that uh, anywhere near Charters Towers to be able to host functions of things like even wedding uh, functions and, and receptions, birthday parties, you know, all of that sort of thing. It just opens up so much more scope for the club. It does, and community events and the like. The real focus now that's been delivered is rectification works on their track, uh, which is a very big focus of our tracks and infrastructure teams in the second half of this year um, as well. But you're right, those community event centres are fundamental to engaging our clubs with local communities because it's generally the biggest fundraising event in many Queensland communities happens at our race meetings and in 85 towns around the state, racing's the biggest or second biggest community event and providing better facilities will help them engage more with communities. So, Brendan, just so I'm clear in my own, own mind here, the uh, original country racing package, which I think was due to finish in July this year, the $17.5 million with the infrastructure, that now becomes part of that 80%. It's not a separate thing to the 80%. Yeah, so it's within the 80%, and it was due yes. to get renewed next year in July in 2023. Um, so that'll get brought forward. We're working with Treasury on the implementation of the tax changes and how the funding flows through for overall Racing Queensland funding, including the replacement of that country racing program, Rob, at the moment. And we're working with our country racing panel about potential additional investments into the sector. Has, it, has there been any negative retaliation, particularly by the corporates, to the point of consumption tax? I mean, you see some social media comments that Sports Bets removes Queensland races from their home page and their next to jump banner, or is that just a, an initial reaction you often see when you get tax changes coming into people's lives? Yeah, I mean, the tax hasn't changed. That's the first thing. It doesn't change until legislation takes effect, which is planned for December. It's disappointing from both a, a carnival perspective last weekend at the Caloundra Cup, but also from a customer perspective that uh, Queensland Racing had been deprioritised by some bookmakers. That's their business decision. We expected some reaction. Um, however, the tax hasn't changed. And our product fees, our race fields, they're called, um, remain ongoing and they're due for renewal next next year. So we hope to have some more sensible discussions and um, with the bookmakers in the coming months as well. Um, the important thing is that we've got an industry to sustain. As I said, 43,000 participants, and we now have security of funding to be able to invest in that and provide a livelihood right across the Sunshine State. Yeah, and, and I know that Racing Queensland has been very big on trying to get self-sustainability of clubs, and this must go a long way. But with your work with the Country Racing Panel, as a result of the 80%, um, and without uh, giving away too much, 
the base prize money of the 8500 is, is it likely to increase to maybe $10,000 total of race for base prize money racing in country Queensland? Yeah, so we're working with the country panel at the moment on an outlook for prize money. No decisions have been made, and once we have completed that, then they would be announced. But nothing would take effect until the tax change is legislated. Uh, again, once we're ready to announce those sorts of things, um, Rob and Tony, then we'll be letting your yeah. listeners know. I guess one of the okay. other things too, Brendan, when you have something like the Battle of the Bush and the, and the Country Cups and we, we see everybody from the, the country come to the, the Big Spoke, it's also a great opportunity. I know you can do Zoom meetings and phone hookups and things like that, but to get the country panel face-to-face -face like that uh, is just wonderful to be able to do that uh, and it almost becomes then yeah, a coming together of the clans. Well, it does, and some of them have been uh, tied up with their regional associations, presidents or chairmen for quite some time and have a lot of experience and have been there through good and through bad, through flood and through drought. Um, and right now it's great to see a great working relationship, a collaborative relationship on what the future needs to be to give everyone confidence um, in the industry. And I think the important thing with this tax outcomes, it gives us a chance to invest for that. And I think on the back of one of the wettest years many of us can remember and you talked earlier in the program about the number of cancellations. Uh, and funny, I shouldn't say funny irony, but an irony. Our, our venue inspectors inspect every track in Queensland. Well, the Birdsville inspection this year had to be done by boat. That's how wet it is in parts of the state. And um, we're there to support our clubs that are trying to recover from these uh, terrible wet weather events. It was only fire a few years ago and drought before that. Brendan, uh, yeah, and I can certainly back up the uh, the country racing panel and that move to invite, well, in, in my case, being able to be invited down to be in one of those meetings, it'd be great to see that sort of thing continue too. Um, now, Brendan, the, the, the TAB meetings, the country TAB meetings been a wonderful step for Racing Queensland and the growth of them with Saturday feature meetings. There's also the Monday TAB meetings um, being run. What what is your what are your plans there? I mean, I know there's been Thangul and Nanango to name a few. Bark Alden was meant to happen apart from rain. Um, but are they getting received in a positive light and is there more on the scene for country uh, TAB meetings, whether they be Saturday and or Monday? Yeah, well, so Mondays and Tuesdays, we can guarantee those meetings are prime Sky Racing 1, Sky uh, Thoroughbred Central time slot, uh, and they're generally very revenue positive. So the great opportunity, and Chinchilla was another one as well as Thangul, mm -hmm. um, those centres have been put on the national and international map, and it puts those regions and their hard-working committees a chance to show off their track. It also gives the industry a chance to earn some revenue and higher prize money. So instead of the standard 9000 prize money per race. Uh, the additional um, country tab meetings are 14, 14 and a half thousand per race. So yep. extra money into regional Queensland, extra focus. Um, and it gives us a chance to earn some additional revenue to reinvest back into racing. Yeah, very much so. And are you getting a good positive reception from clubs? Are they putting their hands up and saying, we want to be part of this? Yeah, some are. I mean, we'd like to see a few more, but as each year goes by, we add um, mm -hmm. to the non-tab to tab conversions and they're generally really well received. And uh, just just a couple of other things um, to talk about this morning. Just I know Curic's not your uh, you know it's it's not your decision making process, but you liaise fairly heavily, and I'm sure the country racing panel is bringing these things um, to your attention. But this the process of calling off meetings and ensuring the safety and welfare of horses and jockeys. Is there a, a push by Racing Queensland to see it almost 
be the day before as a minimum requirement. I'm not talking about if something happens on the day and it causes a, uh, a cancellation, but if there's been obvious weather or concern about once-a-year meeting tracks, is there a requirement going forward that we can get a decision made early enough for all the participants. And the other one in terms of the Curic one, um, the photo finish equipment, is there a way that they can get on board and get the equipment up to scratch for country tracks? Because I think at every meeting I've been to this year for calling race one, invariably the camera doesn't work, except when there's a TAB meeting and they bring the good stuff out. Yeah, I'll just answer that second question first. Yep. Obviously, that's uh, information that I haven't had an update on, but it's something I'll raise uh, with them, it's important that we get the right equipment and facilities to perform all of our roles in racing uh, with them. On the first one, we're cl working closely with Curic um, to look at how we can improve um, abandonments or, 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 or postponements and working collaboratively with the local experts around the state. So a, a, a race meeting protocol is currently being developed by Curic. We're working closely with them. And we want to make sure that we're also um, engaging the local expertise around track conditions, weather conditions as well. So stay tuned for more on that one. We did have a visit from the new Curic Commissioner, Shane Gillard, to the last country racing panel. And that same very topic was discussed in depth. And the country panel had some great feedback uh, for Curic and RQ in developing that protocol. I think that's great that uh, he was able to do that and, and attend that meeting. Uh, we saw the success of uh, when yourself and, and the Racing Queensland board directors were able to get out to some of the, the country meetings. Uh, very well received and it's great to get out there to the grassroots and see what's actually happening. Yeah, it's imperative that Curic and RQ with the clubs all work collaboratively. We're one industry. We have some important decisions. We won't always get them right. But it's important that where we can, we give the participants some confidence in those decisions that we're making and the input uh, when things need to be escalated as well. And great to hear the use of the local resources, Brendan, because, for example, Bar Calden being called off, I think it was Sunday, you know, you had Toddy Austin, basically track curator, has such a knowledge of that in our case out here. I can only use the examples I know, but Mark Oates is our track curator. Those guys know the conditions of the track uh, and their advice is going to be invaluable to that. Um, one thing that comes up every year and uh, we get around to it each year and then we say, oh, we've got to change this next year, of course, is the programming and the clash of meetings and the jockey shortages um, and I'm sure the country panel has been coming back and forth and discussing it but for example on Easter Sunday is there the possibility that the offer can go to clubs that for example there is racing on the Friday the Saturday the Sunday the Monday or in the case of the uh, tier one clubs and maybe tier two clubs an offer is made please ensure you race once on a Sunday to help with this problem because when you see it happening when you get the difference jockeys turn up in numbers if you've got a Sunday mm. meeting and you don't get the lack of acceptances? Yeah, some clubs are more willing and open to trialling other days, such as Sundays and Mondays. Some are uh, more reticent around that. They might have a smaller volunteer workforce or local em uh, employment which is not able to support those. So there are different challenges in different areas and there needs to be um, some flexibility. But remembering all of our... Most of our clubs are entirely volunteer staff and maintained and it requires the hard work of those more than seven and a half thousand volunteers to have these tracks and the facilities turning up in good order. Uh, the jockey short shortage matter is at its worst in the central west and northwest. So everywhere from Longreach up to the Eyes or in Cloncurry and areas where they have seasonal racing. Uh, we've begun uh, recruitment drives in a few of those regional centres 
uh, and engage with some Indigenous partnerships. It will take longer to fill that um, the shortage in those areas. The recruitment in the southeast and coastal areas is much stronger. Um, so the challenge will be how we can uh, improve uh, jockey numbers and reduce scratchings, particularly in that central west and northwest area. It will remain an ongoing focus. Uh, we've applied to get international students back in, so that CRICOS application has been submitted. Uh, and if we're able to bring foreign students back into the system, that may help alleviate some of the pressures. And of course, clubs doing their own initiatives uh, be well supported as well, I would imagine, uh, between, the, between the cooperation it works out. Yeah, exactly. An example of that was Cloncurry for its cup meeting last year where it flew four or five jocks up um, to ensure that they had sufficient jockey numbers for that important meeting. And then one other area, I mean, there's so many positives coming out of country racing in the last few years and through the work of Racing Queensland and, and people in country racing. I mean, you, you rarely hear any negativity as might have been the case many years ago. But one thing I know the country racing panel was so keen to get in place was the non-tap racing vision. And we've been fortunate to see that all through this past uh, racing year. Um, from RQ's point of view, have you seen that as a, a successful move? And, and I do believe there's a new round or a new appointment to be made. Is there any uh, update in the regard to the non-tap racing vision? Yeah, I'm not going to preempt uh, announcements for the future, but I think it's important we make more vision available, more accessible for more people. Uh, and it's been a work in progress, but it's been an important initiative and step forward for that non-tap sector, Rob. Yeah, and very much when it comes to the Battle of the Bush, I find, Brendan, where uh, the form experts really haven't got an excuse anymore, have they, don't, to be able to see the uh, the race uh, vision and, and the form of the horses that they're trying to pick out on the day? No, absolutely. I think that's spot on. And I also would like to laud your efforts with Bush Beat. I think it's been fantastic to keep effectively the Bush Telegraph of this great state's racing industry um, being promoted and talked about on a regular basis. So I acknowledge the great efforts you both make towards that. Thank you for those kind words. We've covered plenty of territory, uh, covered a lot of subjects and uh, hopefully got the Bush Telegraph working and, and chattering away. Anything we've missed that you need to tell us? No, I think we've covered off most of the list. I just hope that um, on the back of this heavy, heavy rainfall and winter rain too, that everyone's uh, safe out there on their properties and um, look forward to seeing people at the races in coming weeks and months. Well, I hope it's I not a... Uh, go on, Rob. Well, I can I can say one thing about rain and winter rain. Uh, they're very happy when it's come off such nice rain a month or so ago. Winter rain's no good apparently by itself, but when it's it's had some growth before it, it's wonderful news in these areas. And I, I think you'll you'll see the boom times come back. Good, Rob. I like the sound of that. And thanks, Tony, also for your time. Good on you, Brendan. Hope it's not another washed out weekend before we get you back <laughs> on Bushby. We'll look forward to chatting again soon. <laughs> really so appreciate much, you coming on. Thank you for giving of your time this morning and, and very much a great bank of time there for the CEO to be able to join us on Bushbeat this morning. Rob, great to be able to throw those questions at Brendan. And I will say for people that are listening and thinking, you know, oh, they're, they're just, you know, working to the list. We gave Brendan no bullet points, no lists. There was nothing there that we just no. said, would you like to come on the show and have a chat with us about what's going on in, in country racing at the moment? It's an open, and, open slate. And, and as well, Tony... Uh, hopefully nothing sounds in a negative nature because that's totally foreign to what's going on in country racing. As I say, when you go around the race meetings, there's concerns, there's questions, there's issues, but it's not the negativity of many years gone by. It's a real positive thing. But I just wanted people to get as much information as possible uh, about some of the things happening in at the moment. And, and one thing I've noticed about racing Queensland in recent years, they don't come out, uh, and that's why, of course, Brendan isn't going to preempt uh, a lot of uh, decisions as well, 
But they don't just come out until the old saying goes, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Everything's sort of put in place uh, when they do make an announcement. And, of course, then you, you try to ensure that things flow smoothly when it's implemented. And uh, full credit to them for, for bringing country racing back to life and um, hopefully some very positive comments in there too about the, uh, the prospects of prize money. I mean, that's the base issue everyone talks about, but the prospects of prize money as they work with the country racing panel uh, seeing an increase across the board for country racing. Yeah, and especially talking about uh, some of those infrastructure things especially, that's going to be a, a great help to uh, some country clubs making their plans moving forward uh, to realise that that sort of funding is still going to be accessible, I won't say available, but accessible with the right kind of business model and all of that sort of thing. Uh, increases in prize money is uh, certainly something that everyone cares about and it, it's great to hear that they're working uh, with different uh, groups on the jockey shortage as well, as, as uh, Brendan said. It's not going to be something that's fixed overnight but at least it's something that they are working on, whether it's uh, trying to bring more jockeys in or whether it's trying to uh, have less clashing meetings so there's more accessible jockeys able to get out to different meetings. I just think it's great that they're looking with that future vision. Yeah, and good to hear that international jockey approach is um, there as well. But one thing I think clubs really have to understand when it comes to the funding, often the funding ends up going to certain clubs because they, they really make the effort to put their applications in. You can't get the funding unless the application goes in. Um, it's not a difficult process to use the race cube and to make the contact uh, with people involved in uh, racing Queensland, but, but put your ideas together for your club and, and put in for the funding because um, you don't want to see it not being used or... Uh, you don't want to see it in some people's minds thinking, oh, it only goes to certain areas. Uh, that's probably because those clubs are really progressive and they, uh, they're putting their applications in. And, and quite honestly, if you're unsure about it, get hold of some of these clubs and, and give them a call. I don't mind if people give me a call here and talk about our experience here and I'm, I'm sure um, people in other areas would be the same where they've had great success. You only need to look at the uh, Country Racing Awards nights to hear of the achievements of many clubs and just what they've been able to achieve through this funding. So, uh, yeah, hopefully this positivity continues, uh, Tony. And, of course, we look forward to these announcements and hopefully that's covered a lot uh, this morning for our listeners. Looking at racing this week, uh, following on from Townsville's meeting today, we have Warwick Thursday, the big two-day carnival for Rockhampton on Friday and Saturday with some excellent nominations received for Newmarket Day on Friday and Rocky Cup Day on Saturday. Saturday is also Bow Desert Cup Day for the Gold Coast Turf Club racing at Aquas Park, Bow Desert. Plus there's racing at Home Hill, Esk, Ilfracombe and Roma on Saturday. Not forgetting the tab meeting for, and this is something we're talking about, Monday tab country meetings in the outback. Mad Isa have the meeting coming up on Monday. Yeah, looking forward to that. And as Brendan said, the prize money for that tab meetings, you know, 14000 on the majority of races, 16000 on others. It's just wonderful prize money to the participants. And also a big mention to the Burdekin Race Club and Home Hill. And really sad to hear the loss of Ray Tapiolis uh, from that area. A stalwart of country racing. And wonderful news that uh, this weekend they've labelled it Drover's Day in honour of Ray and uh, our Bushbeat uh, community. Uh, deeper sympathies to the Tapiola's family up there. Really saddened to hear that news because Ray over the years I know has been a, a listener of Bushbeat and would often send me a, a little message of <coughs> information uh, for those areas. So so just wonderful to um, to see that naming of that day, the Drover's Day up there and I hope they get a great response and Tony, as we count down to the end of July, just to wrap up my segments this morning, look at those uh, trainer premiership. Toddy Austin sitting on 50, Tanya Parry on 49, Billy Johnson on 41 in the race to the finish line. 
And in the Jockey Premiership, Rick McMahon just slightly extended, but he didn't have any race meetings to go to on the weekend, nor did anyone else. So 45 over Dan Ballard on 38 and Brooke Richardson 37, getting very exciting uh, as the Premiership comes to a clu- uh, conclusion at the end of July. But uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au with any news about the country racing that uh, hopefully all takes place on the weekend. We'll be back uh, with those stories next week. Um, Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, our listeners. And a big thank you again to Brendan Parnell for being on this morning. Good on you, Rob. We'll catch up with you next week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Yes, good luck to all of the clubs that are scheduled to race this weekend. We hope the weather is kind to you and you manage to get out onto the track. But at the same time, as we've said in the past, we've learned not to knock the wet weather because it can be a long time between drinks. And certainly wonderful to hear, as Rob was saying, some of that follow-up rain getting ready for some winter planting with any luck after getting some rain a month ago and then seeing some follow-up is always so important. So for those clubs who are racing this weekend, the non-tab meetings on Saturday at Home Hill, Esk, Ilfracombe and Roma. And certainly for the Mount Isa tab meeting coming up on Monday, we wish you all the very best. And we'll be back to report on that for you again next week on Bushbeat here on Radio Tab.